0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 58 of the Healthy Critters Radio on Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com.
2: On today's show, we discuss getting ready for the fly season. In Tigipedia, we talk about introducing horses to fresh pasture. In Critter Nutrition, we focus on the differences in bovine colostrum. And in Coffee Clatch, we share tips for traveling with dogs. Join us. (laughs) Yes, Tiggy? Patty P., I have concluded my season in Wellington, and as of this afternoon, I'm happily ensconced back in Virginia. And is there,
1: is there snow on the ground?
2: Uh, In little patches, but basically it's gone, but there's another storm coming this week. Yeah.
1: Well, thank goodness you got home in time. I, I can't believe you just got home today, so that's quite, quite a feat to get home and then have to do the radio show, but good for you, Tig.
2: Well, thanks. I, I'm. Uh, I was inspired because, you know, as you travel through the states and you start seeing spring, mm. it's it, it's so invigorating. The red buds were starting to come out in North Carolina, yeah, and the wisteria was blooming in South oh. Carolina, and it was intoxicating. Oh, I bet, I bet, and then you got up to Virginia,
1: and everything still looked dead.
2: <laughs> and everything was snow covered. Yeah, I mean, yeah. really, till I got to Charlottesville, everything was covered in snow. Yeah, um, but you know, the daffodils are up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the signs of spring. There's green grass. Well, so.
1: there's been some warm weather. It's it's right around it's right around the corner. I think it's uh, bursting at the seams. Sometimes March comes in like a lion. And sometimes it leaves like a lion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a big, big lion. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, so you've got one more storm and hopefully it will get nice and warm and you can get to your garden and be happy to be home. And when do you get to Virginia? I will leave the first week in May. So I very smartly (laughs) am going to wait for all of the, uh, any extra, you know, just last minute slaps of winter um, in Virginia and then get there in May. Oh, perfect. I know it will be perfect. So then I just have been constantly packing and, um, and then oh, I that's pack. a
2: big job. Oh my well, God.
1: Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Um, I've gotten very good at doing this, but, um, as I used to say to my very best friend, she's, I'm like, well, there's a plastic bag. Let's fill it. <laughs> she's like, ah, uh-uh. no, that's not how you do it. So I've actually gotten very wise about how I do this. And I've it's nice. I've gotten rid of a lot of stuff along the way. But, you know, the biggest thing I always worry about is just traveling with the animals. I'm just doing dogs and cats, no horses. So um,
2: so are you going to have a moving van or are you going to put it all in a horse trailer and move it yourself?
1: I My horse trailer from the very, very tip of it to the very, very end is already full. And I Whoa. think what we're going to do is get a Penske truck because Peter loves to drive so, and just fill that up because I've got people here that can load and people there that will unload. So I think, cause I, last time when I moved out here, we did a moving company and they lost some of my stuff and some of it was just really sentimental value. And, um, I just kind of didn't want to go that route again. Um, but I've had plenty of time, I've really just had plenty of time to pack. And with Hannah, not at the house anymore, I don't have as much stuff. So it's still a lot of stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I've had, I've been packing for four weeks. So, you know, wow. Bit- Did you find a house? Yes. A beautiful uh, farmhouse on 200 acres in a <gasps> Oh, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And right next door, and the, the woman, um, uh, on owns a dog kennel so um when i go out of town i've got someone right next door if the if the dogs can't come with me and it's a also a nice little uh, boarding facility it's, it's beautiful and the area is beautiful and it's on 200 acres and i will have no neighbors uh. well, yeah it's it's yeah and how it's been completely redone it's such a neat little house great story um but they've done it from the studs out and it's just beautiful so you'll see it sooner than later Oh, I can't
2: wait. I know. I can't wait either. Well, we have a great show coming up. Lots of interesting topics. I know. Good stuff. Good stuff. I can't wait to hear it. And you know, we have Glenn joining us tonight instead of Jennifer, which will please Hedwig. Uh, yes. Unbelievably. <laughs> can't, <wait laughs> can't wait to hear so, that. We're really glad to have Glenn. And it's been let's, a while. Let's it has get, been a while. Yes, it has.
0: It's <laughs> been a while. Jennifer's up at Road to the Horse. We sent her to do work up there, so... I was stuck with Hedwig. I mean, I, I get the pleasure of talking to Hedwig. That's what I meant to say.
1: Well, at least he didn't say he was stuck with us, Tigger, because then no, we like have, to that. I, have to No, I like you guys. I can't have the boss around for an hour. Oh, wait, we'll do that anyway. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right.
2: Join us. So our topic of the roundtable today is getting ready for fly season. Ew. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you mean, getting ready? It's already here yeah. in
0: Florida. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um yeah there were a lot of there were more flies in Florida than I remember from last year but I think it's because it was just so hot and yeah. not a lot of rain but it got me thinking on the the long road um back to Virginia
1: or South um, carolina
2: <laughs> uh, you know, where yeah. I had to spend the day you know what what do we do to get ready for it and um you know having a snowstorm helps Mhm. <laughs> having really cold temperatures in the winter helps, but eventually the flies come out and um, I, I am a big fly predator user. Yep. yep that's, exa- well, you know, I am too. That's what I was going to say. And I've also, I started using diatomaceous earth.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cause I've,
2: I have heard about that. And how do you do it? How do you use it? I sprinkle it in the stalls and I sprinkle it around the barn. And evidently, if a fly lands on it and it land, you know, it gets it on its little feet and mm-hmm. then it touches it to its mouth when it goes into its gut, it, it splinters it. <laughs> wow. Um, so it's that's a graphic <laughs> scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't like
2: flies, but wow, Tig. <laughs> Blowing <laughs> them up from
0: the inside.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it, you know, it's, it's little sea creatures of millions of years ago, and it's their parts, and they, and it, it, you know, tears at the intestines of a fly when they swallow, right. like a shard. Not charred, a shard, <laughs> or a chardonnay. <laughs> I
1: mean, either way, it pretty much rips them up inside. <laughs> Let's just go I, ahead and get to the point. <laughs> they're toast. Yeah, now, there you go.
2: Last year, I imported some praying mantises. Oh really? Yeah. And where do you import them from? That was my uh, question. Uh, on the internet, you can buy praying mantises uh, in their little cocoons. Okay. I How always... many of
0: those do you need to kill any amount of flies?
2: Well, actually, they they eat a lot. They consume a lot. It. I'll tell you what. It
1: just takes one to freak me
2: out. I've <laughs> I I always that. been so
1: enamored by them, but they, they are... scare.
2: One of my favorite bugs. My,
1: they're one of my favorite bugs, too. But you walk around the corner and you're, you have one, like, hanging on off the edge and you're <laughs> eye to eye with it. I'm just telling you, you know. <laughs> You may poop in your pants a little bit. Not that I have. I right? agree. Thank you. It just scares me. I mean, they I don't know. They just, they're,
2: ooh, they're, but I, okay, sorry. I'm, do you know sorry. that they eat their uh, mates? Yes. Again. I love that about them. You, <laughs> you would. Okay.
1: We got to make a couple phone calls when we're done here. Glenn. <laughs> just saying.
2: But they only eat the males. The females eat the males. The males don't eat the females.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> But not for me.
2: Are you, I, again, are
1: you noticing a trend here, Glenn? Yeah, with yes, her, I with, am. Um, what I state do you live in again? I
0: hope it's far away from me.
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, so, so, they, I, so how we many do you get? We do the water get? and the penny. I was just going to say that one. But can we go back to the praying mantis for a second? So how many do you have to get?
2: Well, um, I'm not really sure. Because okay. I I started with, I think, six. And three hatched. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many bugs they ate, mm-hmm. but, um, in the, you put them in certain areas and I have to say those certain areas, um, had, you know, a lot less bugs.
1: Okay. Well, that's
2: good to know. It's
1: kind of, it sounds a little bit, so... Do you, what about the praying men? And we should explain fly predators because there could be some listeners that don't know what we're talking about. Because fly predators are really they're wonderful, and they're basically from. It's um, isn't it called Spalding Labs? I think. Yes. And, um, and you get you go online and you tell them how many horses you have and blah, blah, blah. And you actually have to get get them before the season really starts. I mean, this would be a little bit too soon because this would freeze their little bodies. And Tigger could go into more of a description because she seems (laughs) to be in that mood. But anyway, um, and then you put them around your manure and they come in a bag and they, I guess it would take about a day for them to sort of hatch and get ready. And then you put them around the manure pile and anywhere where you know light or uh, the sun or water would be. Um, we just always put it around the perimeter of the barn. And then you're supposed to do it, I guess, about every month. Every right? month. So, yeah. yeah. And you keep doing the same
2: thing, which is a, it's it's
1: really well, quite good. You just good go on month. auto ship and they send you the little mm-hmm.
2: predators every month.
1: Yeah. So they're, so they're terrific. So my question is, what about the praying mantises? Well, actually, the the fly predators are little wasps.
2: Yeah. Not seeing wasps. a very but... short lifespan. Right. The mantis <laughs> at least... Um, lives longer than a month and if you if you're lucky that they you know actually mate with some another mantis and you have children before they're
0: eaten by the bird in the barn right yeah
2: what is it with you two
1: okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm
1: getting all excited about maybe ordering a praying mantis online <laughs> when do you do
0: praying mantises? mantises cost anyway.
2: Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. How much did they cost? I don't remember.
0: I'm did looking it up. Keep going. I'll presence. find it.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. But you need to order more than one because if they don't hatch. Right. So you okay. need to sort of stack the deck on the praying mantises.
0: What was it that your parents did- used to say about killing praying mantises? There was something oh, they used you, to say. It was
2: illegal. That's oh, that's what I was right. Always told. It was It was illegal. illegal. That's right.
0: Yes.
1: That is so funny you bring because that has been the stigma for me is st- probably why I'm so afraid of them, that and because they are somewhat frightening. But yeah, I was always told. Did you ever hear that, Tigger? Never.
0: Oh, I heard that all the time. Hey, oh. I found them on Amazon. You can buy praying mantis egg case, two extra large egg cases with hatching habitat bag. You even get the <laughs> habitat bag. I mean, who doesn't
1: um, want to do that? It's for, it's better than an ant farm. It is,
0: you know? <laughs> and and uh, it is uh, five dollars and twenty two cents. Now you can get the extra large habitat <laughs> bag with five of them in there for ten dollars wow. and seventy four cents.
1: So I'm thinking, for twenty bucks, you can eradicate flies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Well, it's okay. it's
2: in addition to everything else,
1: right? Okay, okay. Your fly like predators, the Amish
2: yeah. fly repellent, the Amish yeah the bag with the coin in it with
1: the penny in it okay so we've got to explain what that is because remember tigger we used to do that at firefield and i really do believe that worked uh you explain it well the idea of it is is so you get a little ziploc bag have you ever heard this Glenn?
0: no and i grew up in leicester county amish country pennsylvania
1: Okay, well, the idea behind it is, um, and I may mess some of this up, but it's, you fill up a little Ziploc bag and you put a penny at the bottom of it, and to flies, it seems like a very large predator. So, the, the penny is supposed to kind of resemble an eye, and I, I, <laughs> we, um, in our barn in Virginia would do this, um, and we would put it above certain doors or, uh, you know, some of the stalls. Next to each stall. Mm-hmm. And I honestly do feel like it helped. Um uh, I think, and it, I was initially told just doing it without the penny, but the pe- the penny in there penny is makes to be- a big difference. Yep. So that's yeah, So It's like so kind of like go.
0: a scarecrow for flies.
1: Yes. Exactly. It's but it's a scare bag. <laughs> <It> de-
0: <laughs> it just, 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 I highly just, recommend, just, too, just, while you're on Amazon ordering your praying mantises, they have the yeah. Praying Mantis <laughs> Ultimate Care Guide. It's a paperback <laughs> that's available for oh. $12.97, everything you need to know about looking after your praying mantises and giving them the best possible life.
1: And if yes. you think if you think about it, if we can get every listener to just buy one of those and one of the, they'll be on the
2: bestsellers list.
1: Okay. <laughs> <It's> true.
2: <laughs> but more importantly, it's it's a more ecological Absolutely. way to deal. I mean, I do not use any herbicides, pesticides, insecticides at all.
1: Well, and there's also, and then another thing to talk about too is like feed through things that you can do
2: with your horse, like garlic. I'm sure, yep. I'm
1: sure you have other recommendations too. But now, you know,
2: now in another month, you know, in April at least, on in the southern east coast, mm-hmm. uh, is the time to start springtime garlic. We want to start it before the fly season. Do we
0: want to start right. feeding it or growing it? What are you talking about? Eating <laughs> okay. Okay. it. Okay. Springtime is a company. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, and most horses have no problem eating it. Um, it. It's actually it's very good. But here's the thing that I've always been told: is you can't just do one or two horses. You got to do them all.
2: All. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, um, and again, it's not that expensive, and it's not like you know, if people go, "Oh, I'm just going to do my own garlic," or put garlic powder in their horses, it's not the same thing. You have to have the right amount. So, what do you yep.
0: use? Because, I, or do I have to peel all the little things and smash them?
2: No, no. no you no? go to Springtime okay. Feed and order their bulk garlic for horses. Is it like
0: a powder? Garlic yep. powder. Okay. And then, if you get it's hungry, you can make garlic bread.
2: Correct.
1: You, you could, but and no flies will be around you, which is. <laughs> But start now, Glenn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so. And another every- thing I do, which is really, it's it's sort of disgusting, but I do use those fly bait traps. Oh, yeah, they are gross, but they do work. But they do work. I don't like the strips because that, that's just gross. That's even grosser. But At least like- they don't smell.
0: We use the traps here, and the problem with the traps is you're right. After about two weeks... It's like, oh, my God, you can't walk near them. Yeah, it's Oh, no, they gross.
2: smell terrible. Yeah,
0: it's fly carnage But if you do put them
1: away, smell. if you put them away far enough and you're doing this other stuff that we're talking about, yep. you don't have to put them so close to the barn. You can put them out by the manure pile. I mean, because exactly. it obviously attracts flies. The biggest thing that I will suggest, though, if you put it away, that you're not walking by it every day, do check it because they yep. get nasty. And nasty. I'm not talking about it. the flies turn into other things. Yeah. <laughs> I have found them full of maggots, so you've got to yeah. get them, you know, out away from everything. But that's it. That's also another another good thing um, that I learned being down here, and it's 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 kind of in between of how expensive it is. But if you do have a fly spray system, I mean, the worst thing I think in the world is having a fly spray system that you're putting oh, toxic stuff because toxic think about ugh. what you're doing to your own skin, right? Your oh. own skin, everything is, and or think you're about breathing what you're, it. Well, but but, and the horses, you know, so we leave for the day, even though it's still on us. And then they get sprayed, you know, through the rest of the night. But I have been told uh, to use like thieves um, oil, um, which, and I think that um, one of the companies... Diluted or do you use it straight? um, Well, you can't use it straight because if you do a fly spray system, that's obviously quite large. But I think you can get it in large jugs. But if you go to um, off Young Living, I think they have a section in their website, or if you have a young living representative, they, um, they can tell you how to do it, but you have to dilute it a little bit because it would be too costly, but it is, that does work. And, um, it doesn't last long, but if you do that with a garlic, if you're going out on a trail ride and you're trying to, you know, get rid of mosquitoes and not just the flies, it does help a little bit and it's an oil. So it stays on a little bit. So you dilute it. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly the, you know, measurements, but I can
0: find that out. Do you think when you're on the trail riding the non-garlic horses go, oh, God, he stinks? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: or, do, or, do you, or do you think they look at the other one and they're like, wow, they've got no flies on them. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> what did my mom do or not do? So that's another good thing, too, is if you're trail riding, ear bonnets are great.
2: for like Yes, thousands. they are.
1: They're great. And they even have riding fly masks that, you know, you can ride in over the bridle. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. there's some that aren't as, um, they're they're looser, so they're not as close fitting and you can easily put them over the bridle.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: sure you can find them at like Schneider or whatever, but they're the bigger ones. Um, and that's nice because, you know, sometimes you get out in the middle of the day and some of those, you know, whether it's mosquitoes or those big horse flies or whatever, if they're buzzing around, um, at least you can protect their face.
2: And another thing that I really like is Equiderma, the neem and Aloe Herbal Fly Insect Repellent Spray.
1: Equiderma. That's a good one.
2: Yeah, it's just essential oils and neem and aloe. So there's no oh, deep, there's no yes. pyrethium. Yeah.
1: I actually have that and I used it here. And this is, this is bug central. If anybody ever wondered where all the bugs come from, they come from where I live right now in Richmond, Texas. That's where they're, they all, and they go, from, they all breed here and then they go to other places <laughs> in the world. But there's so many here. Um, But that particular, it's kind of a, a creamy color. It's not a... um. Right. Right. It's, yeah, it's a wonderful product. I love that.
2: And I don't know if you can get it on Amazon, but yes. I know you can get it through Smart Pack too.
1: And you can get it on Amazon.
2: Okay, so. that's good to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The
2: worst so those mos-
1: are where's
0: the worst mosquitoes you've ever seen? Mine was Michigan. It was I agree. Oh my I god. Really
1: I agree. Yeah. <laughs> like, Never in my life. And the thing that's funny <laughs> the about size in my hand. Well, the thing there is, the lifespan there is so short. So they get out, they grow big, and they land hard. Yeah, and they, like seriously, little dogs I've seen fly through the air and they're picked up by mosquitoes.
0: We big, were on big, a party big. boat one night, that, having a party, like 20 of us on this big boat, and they all sat, and the sun was going down, and we were on a lake, and they said, you need to get inside before the sun goes down over the horizon. And I was like, why? And sure enough, sun went down over yeah. the horizon, and you were attacked, literally attacked. Uh-huh. Everybody wow. ran for the inside. It was awful.
1: Yeah, it, it I, it's kind of funny. I had forgotten about that, how big they are there.
0: So- we're, we we feel for all of you living in Michigan in the summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So if you have any of your own helpful uh, keep the flies away tips, um, please let us know at healthycrittersradio.com. dot com.
0: Hedwig. Hello. How are you? How are you?
3: I'm well, then. Thank you. It's very nice to speak with you again. Oh, it's not. You
0: hate me. You know that. You're lying right now.
3: Well, I'm trying to be polite.
0: Well, I have a question. I've
3: been told I must be polite because you're important or something.
0: (coughs) You don't believe that, do you? Really? I mean, seriously, Hedwig?
3: (laughs) I mean, you know. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Hedwig, I used to own a little dog. I actually owned two. I know
3: you did. And that poor little dog. I know. Well,
0: the problem with little dogs I found is that they are freaking annoying. Why are little dogs so annoying?
3: Why are humans so stupid?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, no answer? I have a
3: query... Well, for you, Glenn. Oh, what's that? Did your little dog die of despair because you were (laughs) untrainable? (laughs) (laughs) You might have, actually.
0: We never (laughs) knew what killed that little dog, so it might be true, Edwick.
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Could have been that, just saying. Not (laughs) judging at all. (laughs) So judging. I am so judging.
0: (laughs) But they are loud. Little dogs are loud. They bark all the time. and.
3: Big dogs are really loud, too.
0: I have a greyhound that hasn't barked in the entire, like, six years we've had her.
1: Do you think it's because yeah, she was that's... afraid how the little dog died? <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Did, yeah, she thanked you for that one. <laughs> I was taking no sides, guys. I just thought it was more of a question. You can answer later. <laughs> yeah,
3: good good point. Important thing to consider, no doubt. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have a story,
3: though, to tell you people about my brother.
0: Oh, go ahead.
3: Although I want to begin by saying that this story is due to Tiggle Uh and affects me.
1: Oh. I can't wait to hear what she did.
3: Tiggle left raw food and told our servant that we should be given this food because it's perfect and wonderful for dogs. And Mm -hmm. so the servant, clearly in an effort to kill us, Mm -hmm. did this. Mm -hmm. And I spent last night being vilely, horribly sick. Uh-huh. But I'm sure you're pleased to hear that I'm fine.
1: <laughs> yes, that was my next but question.
3: <laughs> I know that it was, but my brother has not eaten since then, and he just jumped up on the servant. She was reading a, hmm, what's the word? Long, boring. Dissertation, and she was reading this dissertation, and the brother jumped up on her chest and then vomited all over
1: her.
0: <laughs> Again, little dogs are annoying. Just
1: saying. That was a perfect oh, story, Hetty. That was a perfect story. Well, if you think about How it, though, you? Glenn, wouldn't you rather have a little dog thrown up on you rather than a big dog? Good point.
0: Okay, I'll take that.
1: Volume is key in this My story. Brother- Volume is key. My brother
3: is much bigger than me. He is a valhund or feral gerbil.
1: Feral gerbil. Okay. But he's not too, too big. Isn't he about the size of maybe a corgi, sort of? He's about 20, 28 pounds. There. A or, fat Or lighter now. Fat, he's lighter yeah. now. <laughs> fat, he's lighter he's now. Lighter. <laughs> I certainly hope he is.
2: But yeah. i just
3: like to point out that Tigger, who's supposed to be a nutritional basically tried to kill us again and really after i survived eating a chocolate rabbit just the other day this seemed like an excessive effort on tigger's part because the rabbit didn't make me sick at all yeah Uh i was fine no problem with the rabbit
1: yeah well your system's probably used to that (laughs) (laughs) eating raw food you're kind of getting all that crap out no pun intended
3: Yes, well, thank you for that image, because if you'd like to know, we spent much of last night on the lawn, (laughs) which my servant then got to clean up this morning.
1: Mm, Yeah, yeah. Well, Imagine
3: her enthusiasm for this task.
1: All I can say, Tigger, is don't answer phone calls from Hedwig or her
2: servant for the Uh, next at least three days. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, my dogs have been eating raw for a long time, and... They don't have that kind of a reaction. I was thinking of it more as and a. And
3: yet, ch- give them a chocolate bunny, and they're as <laughs> big as dogs.
1: Pardon me Which expression.
0: we don't encourage you to do with your dog, regardless of what Hedwig says. Yes, that's true. Yes.
1: <laughs> everybody- Throw the disclaimer
0: well, okay, in there on the benefit of the Horse Radio Network. We don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. advise that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do not listen to Hedwig.
3: Do not listen
0: <laughs> yep. to a talking Pomeranian. <laughs>
3: If I could just go on the record for one second, though, I was falsely accused of stealing that rabbit, but I
1: didn't. Oh, was it in your mouth? It
3: was my sister was um face down in the rabbit, and Uh I had just a big chunk of rabbit. But I think my sister was really culpable in this case.
1: Okay, but you still did have the chocolate in your mouth, but it was in your mouth. Maybe. Oh, it's just a question. There's no judgment here, Hetty. I'm just asking. You can see how you know, Kathy, wired she was. At after the she moment ate it. we have a relationship. Let's yes. not ruin it. Yes, I apologize.
0: <laughs> see, that's I am at an advantage because you know, we don't you have were a relationship. Up like Glenn. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to ruin. So we're fine. It's easy.
1: Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> really I'm standing back point. in the
0: corner, Hedwig. No big deal. I'll <laughs> oh, shut up.
1: <laughs> you don't want me to
3: treat you like I treat Glenn?
0: No. No, I don't. Hedwig I do would not. so throw up in my lap if she, if she had the chance. There, no question.
3: I, I, I think would never right, do that, Glenn. Yes. You know why? Because I would never be in your lap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Okay. <laughs> okay, thanks, Hedwig. I would send the feral gerbil to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Another servant. Well, Hedwig, thank you for every image that you gave us and such a great story.
3: No, no problem. Sometimes I just like to narrate my daily life for the
0: joy of others. Well,
1: (laughs) we appreciate it, Eddie. All done. Well done. Bye.
0: (laughs) No problem.
1: Bye. So we are now at our Tigipedia part of our program, and I thought a very good question for you, Tiggy, would be getting horses onto spring grass. It's been, um, in Houston, we've had a lot of rain and it's starting to get warm. And I'm starting to see horses coming in with bigger bellies. And some of these horses are horses that have never had a problem, but it's a good time to tell listeners about what to do. If you've had horses that get a little plump on, on grass and what you do about it, how do you get them onto it? So for
2: the, I would say for the ones that are, you know, insulin resistant, metabolic, you really got to introduce it slowly. Yes. Like a half an hour and... Than an hour, and um, because the sugars and starches are, you know, sky high in the spring. It's, the grass is the tastiest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do recommend muzzles um, for the horses that have to spend more time out, either by necessity or because, you know, actually it's much better for them to be out moving around. Sure. Um, I love uh, Joyce Harmon's uh, muzzle. It's soft. It's not like having a big clanking cage on the horse's mouth. Mm. Um, uh, And you can find her Joyce Harmon. Uh, I think it's Harmony Equine.
1: Okay, I'm going to look that Um, up.
2: That's good to know. And these are are really great, light, lot of air in these muzzles. Um, You do want to be very mindful of things like magnesium and chromium, uh, if you've got an easy keeper, um, you might want to increase the magnesium. And if they're not on chromium, add a chromium supplement. Okay, um, That's a good regulator of sugar. Uh, you can find that in Biostar's uh, Optimum Healthy Weight. Okay, And just use your common sense. Now, I have horses out on pasture 24-7. So when the spring grass comes up, even though I have some easy keepers they have never become laminitic they've okay. never become cushions. they're out all the time moving and my grass is not heavily fertilized so the one thing that you that you want to think of not only this spring but in coming springs is you don't need a rich pasture horses have survived on the crappiest grass mm-hmm. like the mustangs um The importance is the diversity. So if you've got your fields planted in, you know, wonderful Kentucky bluegrass or fantastic orchard grass, you know, make sure you add some other plants and not, you know, toxic ones, obviously. If you go to New Country Organics uh, online, they have what's called an herbal lay, and it's a mixture of, of herbs. That the horses will eat, and I plant it along my fence lines. Mm. First of all, so I don't have to mow them. And second of all, because the horses, if they feel like eating a little fennel or wanting a little of this, they can just go over and munch on it. Right. So I'm all for you know native grasses which tend not to have as much sugar. and and just being smart about it. Um, so, so you said
1: native grasses don't have as much
2: sugar. Yeah, okay. I did not know that. Um, and and the thing is, when you got a horse that already, even in early spring, is showing signs of inflammation, meaning they're getting a bigger belly, mm-hmm. really check their feet. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And increase the exercise. Help them burn it off. And the, yep. uh, the other thing to consider to add to help is to add the Himalayan shilajit because that is a mitochondria, uh, balancer. And remember the mitochondria are responsible for metabolism. Mm-hmm. So that would be Biostar's impulsion or Biostar's quantum That's and good keep enough. them moving. Yeah. You know, exercise is a key to the, to using sugar and fat and don't starve them, whatever you do, you know, if you've taking right. them do you're letting them have grass for an hour or make sure they've got hay for 20 hours?
1: Right. Right. And I think the biggest thing is, is that everybody thinks they always need to, um, like you said, fertilize the fields
2: oh, oh. end, up, then
1: they end up making it very rich. And yeah. and first off, you're putting a lot of chemicals and crap on your grass, which is what, you know, you really want to try to avoid anyway. But um, I think that's the biggest thing, but just making sure you have a good quality hay That can,
2: you know, help balance out. And, you know, some horses just have to be on dry lots. Yeah. Unfortunately, Um, not a lot, but there are those that just cannot tolerate. They're fatty uh, pants. Yeah. The sugar. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, exercise is the uh, circulation is really, really, really important. And especially this horse locked up in a box is just not the best way to increase circulation.
1: Agreed. Well, cool. So be smart. Don't put them out for too long when you're starting into it, especially, and the problem is this can happen overnight and people yep. don't generally think of about it, but, you know, watching what the grass looks like, checking their feet if you have any concern, but moving them around and don't back off this time of year. If you're going to do anything, ride more. Yeah. It takes a long time for the, you know, for the, the grass to start to get dry and lose all the, the sugars in it, which generally don't even happen until, well. It, Houston, it happens in a week, but, <laughs> but, you know, um, in Virginia, I mean, grass can be in, unbelievable until well past, um, August. I used to have a, yeah, a quarter horse that you never met Tigger that would, that could founder on winter grass. I mean, he just was wow. one of those horses. Yep. He was a true dry lot horse. There was just no way around it. And, and
2: don't forget the muzzle. Uh, it it yep. really, it it's for these easy keepers. It's a lifesaver. Yeah, and they still can be out and move, and, and it's, they still it, can be out and moving around.
1: Yeah, and that I and I like this. Uh, I just looked it up, but I've seen this before. It's a softer muzzle that goes. It doesn't come with a halter, right? You put it on a halter, right? Okay. Right. Well, wonderful. That's good advice. Thank you, Miss Tiggy. You're welcome.
2: And now we're at Critter Nutrition. And I'm going to talk about colostrum, bovine colostrum. What I want to talk about is that all colostrum products are not alike. As more research demonstrates the health benefits of bovine colostrum for horses, dogs, and humans, more companies are coming to the market with colostrum supplements. But not all bovine colostrum is alike. And information on most of these products is heavy on marketing, but light on what's actually important when choosing colostrum. There's a standard of potency with bovine colostrum. Certain foods have a standard of potency, like live probiotics, which are measured in colony-forming units, known as CFUs, while bovine colostrum is measured in IgG, which is the immunoglobin G content. Colostrum for mare milk replacement for foals ranges from 45 to 60% IgG. Many companies do not provide the IgG information, but I have found through research that most colostrum supplements supply 15% IgG. Biostar's colostrum is 38% IgG, and we provide that information on the label as well as on our colostrum product webpage. If you are looking at a supplement with colostrum in it and there is no information on IgG percentage, it is important to contact the company and find out because lower IgG is like lower CFUs in probiotics. You have to feed so much more for the same result. The ethics of colostrum. The ethics of collecting bovine colostrum from cows varies widely. It is known, it is a known fact that many farms in the dairy industry separate the newborn calf from its mother somewhere between 1 and 48 hours from birth. The calf, if male, often winds up in the veal industry, and the mother cow experiences high levels of stress looking and bellowing for her calf. Female calves are separated from the herd and raised for the next generation of dairy cows. In India, this practice is not allowed because cows are sacred animals and should never be consumed for meat. The calves are kept with their mothers. Some small dairies and dairy cooperatives in the UK, New Zealand, Germany, the US, and Canada are slaughter-free, and the calves are kept with their mothers until they are 9 to 10 months old. This practice reduces stress on calves and cows, and according to Dharma Leaf Farm in Sharon Springs, New York, produces better milk and healthier cows. Biostar colostrum comes from a small organic dairy, dairy cooperative in Canada. The calves stay with their mothers weaning at 10 months of age. No colostrum is collected until 24 to 36 hours after birth to ensure the calf gets all the colostrum it needs. The dairy cooperative does not provide calves for the veal industry. Conventional dairies. When colostrum is listed as an ingredient on a label, there is no way to ascertain how the cows are taken care of. The fact is the majority of U.S. dairy operations rely on indoor systems to house and feed the cows. These indoor systems often keep cows in tie stalls, on concrete, or tethered by the neck to stanchions. Other indoor systems are concrete-floored cubicles separated from each other by metal bars in a space averaging 7.8 feet by 3.9 feet, barely enough room to lie down. These animals do not get to go outside and graze on grass as a herd. Some operations have dry lots which are unpaved but provide no grazing. Like horses, cows are social creatures who form relationships within the herd when they are separated, confined, and isolated stress results, leading to increased plasma levels of the stress hormone cortisol. The diet of cows on conventional dairy farms is soy and corn, hay, straw, and sometimes silage. Also common in conventional dairies is the use of RBGH, recumbent bovine growth hormone, originally genetically engineered and manufactured by Monsanto to increase a cow's milk production. The EU, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada have banned the use of RGBH due to animal and human health concerns. One of the many downsides of using RGBH is an increase in the need for more antibiotics. Cows that are confined in close proximity and under stress are more prone to infections. Around 80% of the antibiotics used in the U.S. are administered to livestock preemptively before an animal shows any sign of illness. The organic grass-fed, RBGH, and antibiotic-free dairy cooperative in Canada the Biostar purchases colostrum from is certified organic, antibiotic-free, RG, rbgh free and the cows are out on pasture for six months of the year in the winter the cows are in barns and go out in the dry lots with hay weather permitting in organic dairies foraged hay make up most of the diet an additional feed must be non-gmo and grown without the use of synthetic fertilizers pesticides or herbicides colostrum is a therapeutic food With over 80 different immune factors and 70 different growth factors, bovine colostrum is an important food for providing therapeutic benefits that include regulation of the thymus gland, which is the master gland of the immune system, providing the immunoglobulins and the assistance with cellular tissue repair. There are some horses and dogs with ongoing immune challenges such as allergies, EPM and Lyme disease, so daily administration of colostrum is important. For many other horses and dogs, colostrum is used on an as-needed basis for healing a suspensory or wound, or providing various kinds of much-needed support for uveitis, for non-sweaters, for an immune system that's under stress from showing and shipping, or for fighting viral and bacterial infections in conjunction with traditional veterinary protocol and medications. Once the horse or dog is healed, colostrum therapy is no longer needed. Having worked with bovine colostrum for a decade, I do profoundly disagree with companies that recommend colostrum as if it were a multivitamin mineral. That is, using it every day, even in animals without any health challenges. Colostrum is a therapeutic food that should be used as needed when needed. Unless there is a chronic condition, colostrum should be stopped when the health issue is resolved. We want the body to return to homeostasis. I keep bovine colostrum on hand all the time. During this virulent past flu season, I took it every day and never got sick. Now that the flu epidemic is over, I've stopped taking it. I give it to my dogs when they travel and when we are in Florida, where their immune systems can get quite challenged with the different bacteria of tropical climates. I give it to my retired horses if I notice a snotty nose or a cough. I also give it to support wound healing and if a dog or horse has a connective tissue or muscle tissue strain. But I don't give it as a daily food, day in and day out, like a multivitamin mineral. If you are purchasing colostrum, ask questions and find out about the company's ethics. How is it collected? How are the cows cared for? Supplement labeling laws do allow descriptions of colostrum such as antibiotic-free and RGBH-free. Are you seeing these used on companies' labels? Colostrum is a super therapeutic food. Make sure your horse or dog is getting high-quality IgG colostrum that is ethically sourced.
0: Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs.
2: And we're going to talk about uh, tips on traveling with dogs, um, including the do's and don'ts. Uh, Mm. And this has come because I just traveled from Florida to Virginia with two dogs. So it's very fresh in my mind. Yes. Uh, And I was at a truck stop this morning gassing up and it was really cold. The wind was blowing and... And this woman gets out of her car with a big white pit bull in a harness Mm. and she's walking the dog around and I don't even have my dogs out of the car yet because I'm just keeping my eye on her. And she walks the dog for about one and a half minutes and then she's trying to lift this enormous white pit bull into a truck by herself. Mm. And she's hoisting it in, and it slips the harness, and it starts running through the parking lot. Ugh! Now, mind you, it's a truck stop, so there's trucks and cars, and and she's screaming bloody murder. And I absolutely understand why. Yes. Um, and luckily, some guy caught the dog, and and she got the the. Uh, wasn't even in a collar it just had this um harness and then the guy hoisted it into the truck mm. but it was a real reminder to me that um you, if you're going to travel with dogs make sure that their collars or their harnesses fit properly yeah because they could get away from you and get freaked out so easily Oh, and the dog didn't have a collar; it was just in a harness. Mm. Um. So that—that's my first tip.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> as you know, Tigger, I have also done that trip with many animals. And the first thing I think of is doing it with all of Mercy's puppies <laughs> coming back oh, from Florida. God. But the first thing I always think of, of doing any traveling anywhere, um, especially if you have a smaller dog, um, is, uh, you know, put him in a put it when they're younger or, or if they can't be in a place where you know they're truly, truly safe. There's so many things that they make for the back of your car. Um, I always put my dogs in, um, if they're small, I would put them in crates so that I knew that they won't, if something were to happen, you slam on the brakes, they don't go flying through the windshield. That's like my number one fear. But they do have these things and I, I fix my crate in the seatbelt. Like I don't just leave it sitting on the bench of, you know, like have a truck. So, um, but they do make these, um, other, um, contraptions where it's kind of a little bit of a soft box and you can actually hook it to a harness. Cause I recommend if you're going to let a dog loose in a truck, in a car when you're traveling, do have a harness, because if you do somehow have them attached, you, the chances of them getting choked, if something happens, if you have to slam on the brake can be greater. A harness, you're a little safer, um, so you can put them in, it's like a little, have you seen them Tigger? They're like little things you attach to the back of your seat and it's really comfortable for them. And, um, they have, you can know, put a little bed in there, whatever, and you just hook to the harness so they can get up, they can move around. It's like being in a crate, but they're fixed to the seatbelt. So that's one of my biggest recommendations. And that way, you know, they're comfortable. And if something were to happen, you don't have to worry about them, you know, flying off a seat, you know, through the windshield. On a brighter note, (laughs) I was trying to, I was trying to, but I was trying to be positive. But anyway, it's a great idea. There you go. (laughs) What other tips do you have?
2: Uh, Water.
1: I was just thinking that. Yep. Water. Tons of water.
2: Mine will not drink water out of a bowl when they're traveling. Oh, that's interesting. In the car, out of the car. No. They will only drink it out of a plastic water bottle. Really? Uh-huh. Just because that's what you've always done? No, I always offer them water in a bowl as well. And and this time I just said, okay, I, this is ridiculous. I keep pouring water into a bowl and all you guys want to do is drink it out of the
1: bottle. That's a, So maybe they think it's fun. Maybe it's like their little treat. You know, when you used to be traveling when you were a kid and you always got to, you know, stop at your favorite store along the way, maybe that's their thing. It's like candy to them. They get to drink out of the water bottle. Maybe
0: they're hoping that it's a little more than water coming up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if it were headwig, she would hope it was cheese.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But when, you know, the first day from Wellington into South Carolina is a good 10 hours. And I'm driving along, and I think I, I'm i just out of Georgia and getting into South Carolina. And I hear this gnawing sound, and I can tell that it's little teeth on plastic. And then yeah. I hear the crinkle of a water bottle. Uh-oh. And I, I said, you know, Wookiee, leave it. Wookiee, leave it. Because <laughs> I yeah. know it's her.
1: Because, <laughs> you know, Sabi's like,
2: oh, my gosh, can you believe her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I get to a gas station, and I open the back door, and she has unscrewed the (laughs) water bottle. Mm -mm. Uh, Yeah. Now, fortunately, she didn't eat the top. Mm -hmm. She just carefully, uh, and there wasn't enough water left in the bottle for it to fall out. But that was a reminder to me, do not put the... the plastic water bottle in the back with the dogs. Yeah, with the puppy. Yeah. Especially with a puppy. Not a good plan.
1: Not a good plan. That's kind of and funny.
2: I always c- carry a little, um, you know, emergency medical kit mm-hmm. um, and extra food. And I, you know, sometimes I go, this is so stupid, Tigger. You're going to be there ne- tomorrow. I mean, why right. are you packing all this Well, you know, this time I was caught by a snowstorm, so I had to stay over an extra day in South Carolina. And thank God I had Mm -hmm. enough food.
1: It's funny because I travel every month. I go to San Antonio and I always bring Burke with me and I always do the same thing every time. I always bring a little extra food. Just in case, just, and not that, I mean, nothing has ever happened. There's always something where you're like, oh, you stay over one more night and you don't know why. And you really don't want to go when you're already stressing your dogs out by traveling if they're not used to it and change their dog food. So that's a very smart thing to do. I always bring a little extra, um, I, obviously I feed my dog, um, kibble, but I also feed raw, but I always bring a little extra just in case he doesn't want to eat when traveling. Cause sometimes it stresses them, which then, if you know your dog gets stressed, you can always give him a little Theracom.
2: I, I would not travel without Biostar Theracom canine. Yeah. Because when you get into a hotel room with two Australian Shepherds who've been locked up in a car all day, <laughs> they want to bust. With a woman who doesn't drink. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> they want to bust loose. And yeah. taking them on a walk is like. Not what you want to do. Well, you have to take them for a walk, but that isn't enough. You know, they want to play. They want to run. They want to romp in the hotel room. So um, I found Theracom to be mighty good to have yeah. as a little treat to just bring all that extra energy down to a, a reasonable level.
1: Mm-hmm. Good thinking, Tigger.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would not go anywhere without it.
1: yep. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because traveling with, you know, when they're used to it, it's not, it you know, it's, uh, they became like second nature. My dogs are always used to going in the car. But, you know, whenever you're starting to travel with puppies or anything like that, it's always a good thing to think of all these extra things. A lot of people get in the car, they go with their dogs, they don't think anything about it, and they get motion sickness, all sorts of other things. So these are all great tips for um, making you aware of those
2: things. Yeah, and actually, um, Theracom works great on uh, motion sickness. Well, that's,
1: that's, you have to
2: give it, you know, a good half hour before you go anywhere, but, because it's not instant, but I, that's how I got Crockett out of his um, car sickness.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good to know. Okay. That's good to know. So I just had a thought because, you know, as I'm getting ready to make a trip from Texas to Virginia, what about cats? Can you give Theracom to cats? Never even thought
2: about that. I have not thought about that. Well, that's something to think about, Tigger. I would go with the Bach flower rescue remedy. Oh really? Okay. hmm
1: Because my cats travel well, but they haven't done it in a while. So
0: <clears throat> Can I okay, just so, can I say something here about FERACOM? Yeah. That is that is something that was presented to us by the gods. Be, be, because the gods of Tiggerland, i guess because i'll tell you it's what
1: rally world but we, we'll get into that later. we had those
0: nasty storms that came through the south earlier in the week and came through we had two days of storms and heavy rains and like seven inches of rain and it's just storm after storm and and Gloria or greyhound is just a mess when it when it's time for storms any loud noises and theracom we give her we gave her two theracoms in the morning Fine, two Theracoms before bed, fine. She just settles down and mm. just, we don't even have to use the thunder Thundershirt. That's awesome. The Theracom wow. truly works for this dog. And, I, you, you know, we give her two. I don't know how many you're supposed to give her. But um, we give her two, and that seems to do the trick.
1: Well, that's awesome. Love that I mean, stuff, I'm, Tigger.
0: Thank you very much. Yep. Matter of fact, I, I have to oh, order more.
1: I know that my, my daughter has the same, she's in Wellington and um, gives it to her dog all the time. Uh, same, same, same story. So it's, it's a very well, well worth product.
2: And, you know, the, uh, the one thing that I did on this trip that I never done before, and I'm really grateful that I did was, you know, I'm driving alone. So I have there's no other human I- if there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a, a little Google search before I left of, veterinarians in major areas along Hmm. my route. Interesting. Because there is it would be very hard for me to be driving and doing a Google search if I had an emergency.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I just wanted to know for my peace of mind, you know, where you could stop where I could start. Stop.
1: Yeah. That's That's a good thing to think of, Tigger, because as you know, I have an older dog that, um, as I'm traveling cross country, that be. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, good tip.
2: And if you've got any great tips for traveling with dogs, um, my dogs like books on tape. <laughs> um, <laughs> it it puts them into a deep sleep, <laughs> and I'm, I'm listening sure. just totally keyed in and they're zoned out music can make them more i would say animated but they're more awake and Mm. um but another recommendation
0: would be any of the horse radio network shows probably will put a right to sleep too
1: (laughs) (laughs) or if you need to keep going and being entertained horse radio network just saying that's right
2: (laughs) if you've got any great tips for traveling with dogs Please let us know on HealthyCrittersRadio.com.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at BiostarUS.com. Get the
2: Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use.
1: For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com.
2: Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your
1: otter. Cuddle your cows. rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your
2: chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. <laughs>